everyone. Welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Dave. Dave, hello. Coming in from the Great White North. How are you doing up there? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm We're still right. here. Yeah. We're out here. It's getting a little warmer uh, out here. I don't know if it's reached your region yet, you know, off in the distant tundra, but uh, I'm hoping <laughs> you're not too bad off up there. Yeah, four hours north. It's a whole new world up here. Yeah, this uh, joke will get... I'm sure it's already tiresome to some people, and maybe they've just stopped listening, but to me, it's still funny. I like it. Okay, cool. Dude, yeah, you, meta joke telling there. You say four hours, but literally an hour and a half north from us gets an insanely larger amount of snow than us. So four That's hours true. is like eerie. I guess they get like like effect shit, but that being said... Maybe that does have a big factor. I don't know. It does. Okay. Big time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if you think like about a... it, if I went a thousand miles an hour for four hours, I mean, I could be, a, you know, a whole different continent. So think about that. That is something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> would that get you? Would, would that cross you? I, I don't know. If four hours is enough to get you over. If you were going a thousand miles an hour, it is. Well, how you would go a thousand four, miles? Four thousand. How fast is a how fast does a plane go? Like 500. Yeah. Really? Oh, How okay. big around is the Earth? <laughs> How many miles? Uh, 40,000 kilometers. Dave, what's that? 40,000 kilometers? How many miles yeah. is it? Yeah. Let's see. Uh, kilometers, 30,000 miles. miles. Okay. So kilometers, uh, 30,000. Uh, it's 18,000 miles. I think I could get to England. In that amount of time, okay. four thousand. This is probably a good time to. This is probably a good time to plug the Patreon because anybody new who's listening, like they're sold now. Listening yeah. to math. Well, they need to help us pay stuff. for our. Oh wait, no. It's this says it's three thousand nine hundred miles around. So yeah, in four hours, I could go around the world and still probably end up in England. Back like backtrack myself. You know. The point is, I didn't know off the top of my head how fast a, a plane goes. So. Now we know. Well, now I need to look that up before we introduce Brandon and the Patreon. <laughs> how fast plane flies. Dude, speaking of... That's how you type in Google. Speaking of planes, um, fucking... Yeah? There was this plane crash, and it crashed into the ground at 500 miles an hour, and every single person on the flight died, right? And the people from the airline... And that's how I actually knew that it went around 500, because they had said that as well. And they argued that the people that were suing the families of the people that died, there couldn't have been any suffering for the people that were on the plane because they died so quickly at 500 miles an hour when it flew straight into the ground that there's no way that they could have panicked. What about the panic from the, <laughs> from where you were in the sky to the ground? Like, hey, hey, listen, I'm just telling you, this is just, this is just, you know. According to EpicFlightAcademy.com, the average cruising airspeed for a commercial passenger aircraft that flies long distances is approximately 547 to 575 miles per hour. There you go. That was close. Good work. When you think about Join it. Join us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. We are um, really appreciative of everybody who supports us over there. You can do so for as little as a dollar a month. You add free early access to the show. You'll even get early access to this show. Technically, we're recording a day late, but it will go out immediately when we're done. Immediately. And then we'll come out tomorrow for everybody else. It'll go out at Brandon, 500 miles an hour. Yeah. It's going to come out at 547 <laughs> miles per hour, which is about 880 kilometers per hour, just so everybody knows. Gotcha. Yeah. 
I am here. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing okay tonight. Uh, it has gotten significantly warmer, uh, as you mentioned, in the past couple days. And that's been kind of interesting. I'm doing a much more physical job than I was doing before. And I can tell that already when it starts to get hot, that I'm going to be in a world of sweat. Um, so kind of just, just, just recouping from my day of profusely uh, uh, being wet, um, mm-hmm. but uh, otherwise good. Had a delicious meal. Had a, two egg rolls, not one, two pork egg rolls tonight and some general so's. So I can't complain too much. You had, did you make that yourself? Oh yeah. 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 It was just frozen garbage. I didn't have enough time to uh, make anything substantial. So I just heated that bitch up. Y'all got an air fryer. Yeah. I made, uh, made some, some hot sausages for me and my kid in uh, air fryer, like 10 minutes before we get on this. God damn. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Dave, mm-hmm. Dave, you got air fryers in Canada, or is that like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got it when we got the stapler. Uh, no, yeah, we had one, and it was like gifted to us. Uh, it was re-gifted by my mother-in-law, and it was like a, kind of a cheap one from Costco, but it changed our lives. Like we ate so differently, and we cooked so differently, and everything was so easy. But then it stopped working. Oh. And um, because it was re-gifted to us, and we didn't want to tell the person who actually gave it to my mother-in-law that it had been re-gifted, we couldn't actually, like, return it to Costco. Damn. And, like, when I went to Costco, they're like, did you buy this? And I said, no. And I explained the whole situation, and they weren't interested. They just said, yeah. Yeah. So, they're yeah. like, so I need a new air fryer. I really That's do. That's why because- you just take everything to Walmart and tell them you lost the receipt. <laughs> and they're like, well, here's a gift card for the same amount. Right. That it is right. new. Have fun. The problem is, is the one I had was like a Costco exclusive thing. Oh, so that was your mistake. I mean, I don't know how closely Walmart would have looked into it, but in any case, I did have an air fryer and I, I desperately need another one because they are yeah. fantastic. God damn it. We have this pizza oven at the, at the restaurant I had that would literally make a pizza from like fresh dough that we rolled and made, make a pizza to done in like between 90 seconds and three minutes. Holy on on it. shit. Yeah, it was wild. It was like an air fryer convection oven hybrid. Had all sorts of recipes. You just like throw some raw chicken wings in there, nice and nice and crispy in a couple minutes. Dude, it was crazy. Dude, the wings were. It was expensive good, too. Yeah. But what happened yeah. to that some bitch? You should have taken it. I know exactly where it is. Oh, we're trying to sell it because I don't need a ten thousand dollar air fryer in my house. I mean, you you don't need. I want a ten thousand dollar air fryer <laughs> in my house. I would rather have the ten thousand dollars, but you know, that's you're not going to get that for a used air fryer. But dude, anyway. dude, I would just put that in a room by itself, just in the middle of the room. That can be like the the centerpiece. It's like ten years. It's like why do, why does everyone in my family who's lived in this house have testicular cancer now? Even the women. <laughs> it's crazy. Even the women. Oh my god. I don't think it uses any kind of like microwaves or anything. I think I, I don't know. It's just hot air, I think. Hot. Guys, let's talk about <laughs> video games for a little bit. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. Mm-hmm. I uh I owe uh Poot an apology. It, um, everyone does really. Yeah, but um, first and foremost, me. Uh, I yeah. mistaked him for somebody else, uh, Edwin Castillo, of all people. Um, so I just want to uh, apologize on air. Um, that is that was a deeply offensive thing to do, and yeah. I, I hope you'll forgive me. I don't know if he's canceled his uh, his Patreon subscription or something, but we'll get you back. We're gonna we're gonna have a show, and we're only gonna talk about uh, whatever you want to talk about. But 
Yeah. Here's the thing is like, Dave, you could have confused him with anyone else and it would have been like, oh, okay, it's a little egregious, but okay, it's it's understandable. But you confused him. You gave Edwin credit for something that Poot <laughs> did. And that is the most egregious thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, really. it was bad. But yeah, we're going to talk about uh, next week uh, for the entire hour. We're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, just for you, buddy. So yep. I- I'm sorry and uh, please forgive me. Yep. 30 oh, lashes for nice Dave. Yeah, self-flagellation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to wear one of the old jester caps and walk around town whipping yourself. All your neighbors I will, get the will be air confused. F- if you so wish it, Poot, I will get the air fryer and give myself testicular cancer. <laughs> Dude, in your honor. Dude, That's very nice of you. Then you can walk around like Randy Marsh. You can just carry them in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, uh, so... Last week, I, we're not going to talk about this extensively here. We can talk about it a little bit, but uh, we talked about E3 and the potential of it being canceled and people pulling out of it and everything. By the time the show went live, I think it was like an hour or two later that they announced E3 was canceled for this year. So real quickly, does this is this the end? We, we've talked about the beginning of the end for many years now with E3. Is this actually the end? Do they, do they come back from this? Yeah, no, no, they they don't. And uh, the reason I'm I I would put like a lot of money on that is just the way they worded their response or the, their public address about this, where there was nothing even close to alluding to the fact that they would even attempt to do this again in 2024. Yeah. Um, it's just been way too rocky of like a three years for the ESA and Read Pop specifically when it comes to E3. It's not coming back. It's it just isn't like consumers have moved on. We want the live streams. We want the things we can just kind of tune into. And they're like an hour long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's over. That's what I'm saying. Curious what you think, though, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreeance. It makes the thumbnail from last week even better because it actually is fully dead. It's like we yeah. we projected it into the world. We had a big part in that, I think. Um, yeah. But- <laughs> yeah, we were definitely the deciding factor. There, yeah, I the think. nail in the coffin, uh, so to speak. But um, no, I agree with Dave. Just them like blatantly coming out and being so depressing. Like, yeah, there's not enough interest. And it's just the nicest yeah, way you could possibly put nobody who's fucking showing up to our shit. It's like sending yeah. invites to a party and then like posting in the Facebook book group party. It's canceled. There wasn't enough interest. It's so sad. It really is sad. Yeah. Um, but I do think this is probably it i think that if they were going to pivot they would have pivoted this year um as we had mentioned last week we maybe said they could try out being fully consumer stuff like packs is working in a much smaller capacity than it used to maybe but still viable um but the fact that they just kind of chopped the head off this some bitch just makes me think that um i think it's over I think it is actually over. I'm sad to say that I've never made it to an E3, but um, I guess we can remember them fondly uh, for as they were. But I do think this is probably the end. And I wonder how, I don't know, man, how does the, what is it, the ESRB? How do they recover? Are they going to, like, I know they didn't. Well, the ESA runs, is like the organization in charge. They help create the ESRB. Gotcha. So I don't know if they're going to try and... I mean, this event's obviously dead and they're not going to pivot this exact event, but I wonder if something else will pop up. I'm curious of that. I don't know. Yeah. You would think they well, have to do Keely's something. I think Keely's thing has a good shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. The summer game. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, something you you hit on there, Brandon, I think is important because in the past when E3 has canceled, they've uh, it's been for like, you know, because of COVID or because of like lack of interest because of COVID this year. It's like, yeah, there are still some concerns and everything, I suppose. But for the most part, it was just like people are like, no, nah, we're not coming. Yeah. And like, that's a big tonal shift in we're not coming because we want to continue to care for our employees. Yada, yada, to we don't need it. Right. Like, we're fine. Yeah. You know, so. so. It, yeah, I doubt that that changes in the future because I don't think the digital stuff is going to get any less effective over time. And it's even more sad we'll see. when like, you know, we joked about it last week, but how Ubisoft like was like, yeah, we're definitely coming. Wink, wink. And then they, yeah, we're like, oh, something came up. You know, my grandma's aunt has testicular cancer <laughs> because of this ten thousand dollar microwave. I, 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 I right. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. So, yeah, I, I just have to pause, pause the discussion real quick. Dave, you just dropped something and I heard it crash and I'm going to leave it in because it's important now. But you looked up at the camera with the most sheepish look in your face, like a dog that had just like done something wrong and you were worried we were going to notice. What what did you drop and what was the look about? <laughs> well, the look was I, I dropped something and I knew it was in the recording, but I dropped my uh, Geralt of Rivia Funko Pop. It's oh, what, I no. think it's like my third favorite, wow. but it's it's sitting on. I've got this little uh, Ikea thing here and, and my I felt like holding my PS5 controller. And as I pulled it out, I knocked this over. So Geralt is OK. Uh, season three will be going on of uh, the Netflix show. But yeah. I, I apologize. Dave, do you have, like you said, that's your third favorite. Do you have a lot of other Funko Pops? I have like 10. And okay. my, my top four are sitting here on my desk. I've got Boba Fett, uh, Geralt. I've got Monster Hunter and I've got Marcus Phoenix. I think this is my favorite because of how detailed the Lancer is. Ooh, sure. But uh, yeah, so I've got a nice. few. I've got a few. I wouldn't yeah. call myself a collector, but they're there. Understandable. Dave, for dropping that 30 more lashings from Henry Cavill himself. <laughs> Punishment fits the crime. <laughs> Dave Dave immediately drops it five more times <laughs> when she said that. He's like, oh, Henry Cavill's going to do this? Yeah. He, he's like, this isn't self-flat? Okay, that's he, fine. He's like, where on my back? Oh, where? Let me know when and where. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. I'm just to... picturing Mr. Slade now. And actually <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, guys. Henry Cavill, Jesus Christ. The Witcher. Exclusive. This is from Insider Gaming from Tom Henderson, I think specifically says Sony's next PlayStation handheld following days of speculation. Insider Gaming can report that there's a new PlayStation handheld in development codenamed the Q Lite. The next PlayStation handheld is the next piece of Sony hardware that aims to be yet another piece of hardware that requires the PlayStation 5. Insider Gaming understands that the Q Lite is not a cloud streaming device, but instead uses a remote play with the PlayStation 5, a feature of the console giant has been pushing these past couple of weeks, sporting a of streaming up to 1080 and 60 fps the new device will require constant connectivity to the internet as for the console's physical features early prototypes show the console excuse me will look a lot like those uh those hot sausages i made coming back to bite me will look a lot like the playstation 5 (laughs) controller but with a massive 8 inch lcd touchscreen in the center the device sports adaptive triggers for haptic feedback and will include what you would expect from a handheld volume buttons speakers an audio input jack etc Insider Gaming understands that the Q Lite is in its QA phase and is scheduled to release before the PlayStation 5 Pro and after the detachable disk drive PS5. 
As previously mentioned by insider Jeff Grubb, Sony is planning to announce its second phase of the PS5, which was in reference to future gaming slate. Ironically, through the second phase, it's very much true for Sony's hardware offerings with new detachable disk drive for PS5, wireless earphones called Project Nomad, Project Voyager, a wireless headset, and Qlite, a handheld, all scheduled to release within a very short period. It's understood that the PlayStation 5 Pro is aiming for a holiday 2024 release. Boys, this is uh, interesting. I saw both of you having strong reactions to this as I was discussing it. Dave, let's start off with you. What do you think uh, about, well, we'll start off with just the handheld in general, and then later we'll get into, you know, the rest of the lineup. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This might be a, a bit of a hot take, but um, I was reading earlier this week that the PSVR 2 came in, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, under sales expectations. I think they had sold less than 300,000 units through March. Um, and as I was reading it, I don't know why, but this 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 thought or this idea of another handheld came to my mind. And I thought... I would wager that a new PlayStation handheld would probably sell less than the PSVR 2. It would perform worse. Uh, I know that's a bit of a hot take, but I have two reasons why I think that would be the case. Number one, it would be too expensive. And number two, uh, I think Sony would do what Sony always does and put the focus on um, AAA cutting edge gaming experience on a handheld. And they've tried that before. And it, it just didn't work. People, and they quickly gave up on it. Exactly. So why they're going back to the well, uh, it doesn't really surprise me because this Jim Ryan Sony is just odd. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm i intrigued to see because I'm also making an assumption here. I'm assuming we're going to get like something similar to the Vita, but, but more what you described. But I'm picturing the, you know, the way they kind of, sold and pitched the seat, the Vita to consumers. Uh, that might not be the case. This might be more of a companion thing, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would wager this wouldn't do too well, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see what it actually does and what it looks like and, and how it enhances um, the PS5 experience. Brandon, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I would be more interested in something that wasn't streaming my ps5 mm -hmm. um i don't really understand the draw of this sort of thing the entire draw of the, something like the vita or something like the switch is that you can have full unique experiences that are like just experiences that are on those platforms right and this is just like hey you can play your playstation somewhere else which i can do on my phone I can connect a controller on my phone just the same, and I will not have to pay hundreds of dollars to do it. And, you know, 1080p at 60 frames a second. Yeah, that sounds great. But if you're at fucking McDonald's, it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's this huge fascination constantly. The industry is trying to push streaming games and everything that I've seen personally, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but it isn't appealing to me. It isn't a good way to play games. I mean, neither is the Switch, but like that's how it's intended, right? But if I'm trying to play God of War and it looks like ass, it's compressed, I'm, you know, I don't know. It just, it, I don't know who this is for. And maybe I truly am just 
out of touch with what most people care about, but it it's not interesting to me. And I do believe that Dave's right. I do believe that they will overcharge for it. And it's once again something that you're going to have to have a PlayStation to have work at all. You know, yeah. I, I feel like there might be a market for people that don't want to go all in on a PS5, but want to have some lesser PlayStation experiences. Like if you had a digital only console of a PS5 that had a very tiny screen, it could have a small resolution and you had some sort of uh, minimized experience. I feel like that would be more appealing for more people. If it was 350 bucks, then you don't have to buy a PS5. You could just take this everywhere and play Horizon. It might look a little worse, but like that's the whole it's not the same experience, but this is really just right. trying to take the PS5 experience and make it fully over Wi-Fi, which doesn't, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know about you, Ben, but like, it just, maybe it's not for me. Maybe most people don't care about that. Maybe the people are just going to play Fortnite on it. I don't know, but it's like, it doesn't, it's stupid. Yeah. Like, like I could easily I, do this on my phone, like easily. Well, and yeah, and they released the backbone a little while back that basically does the same thing, except you're using your phone. But I think that's the biggest thing for me is because, I mean, the three of us aren't really interested in cloud gaming. And I know a lot of the world, depending on where they are, isn't necessarily interested in cloud gaming. But cloud gaming is gigantic. So I think offering a service where people can play cloud games would be a smart move. I mean, we are seeing a lot of people do that with uh, different devices that are able to handle Game Pass and... Uh, they're able to do streaming on that. And we see that Game Pass's streaming library is growing and there, there are other streaming platforms that are growing. So I don't know that the connectivity over the internet is the deal killer. I think the deal killer is that for people who want to stream their games, like you said, they don't also want to have to own a PS5. And that's not to say that some people who own a PS5 aren't also... I mean, obviously, people are doing remote play. It's already a thing that's happening. But I don't feel like that's enough. I mean, for somebody like me... If even though I barely ever leave my house, like if you gave me a handheld and said, you can play everything on this, it's not going to be the same as your PS5, but you can still play everything on this. I would buy it because like I bought the switch. I had the Vita and love the Vita. I've had many handhelds in the past. And it's because like if I want to go on a plane and, and play a game like I can do that, if I want to go out, I don't know, to the woods or something that people do, uh, I could do that and play a game. I don't know why you'd play a game in the woods, but but my point is like. I, I don't want to have to have a PS5 and not only rely on whatever Wi-Fi or Ethernet connection I have at home, but also wherever I am right. uh, out in out in the world. Right. And it just seems like it's a it's a market that probably exists. I just don't I don't know. But then again, the backbone is doing really well. So well, maybe I'm wrong. Well, entirely. dude, they keep they keep, the model that Sony has set up right now is that you can get all of this fun shit with your PS5. And that would be great if it wasn't so fucking expensive. It's the buy-in. That's the problem. Like, that's the entire problem. That's why PSVR 2 didn't sell as well. And one, I know it's a niche market, and there's many other factors that go into that. But like, I really think Sony is underestimating how expensive all this shit is and that most people are pretty casual. I would say, you know, most of the world, even though video games are bigger than they've ever been, most people aren't like us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, and nerds to tell people that you're going to have to pay, you know, $800, you know, you just bought this $500 thing. And if you want to play it on the go, you got to buy this. That's not, I don't know. That's a hard sell. 
and stuff like the Oculus Quest, like you don't even got to worry about that shit. And I'm going to go back to that. I know it's we're back on the, the VR train, but like that's something that they're completely just fundamentally, I think, misunderstanding about this entire process is that like all of these accessories go great with your PS5. But like they're so fucking expensive that most people aren't going to want to buy them. That The buy in, the buy in, the buy in. And, you know, obviously the latency and whatever is what it is. I agree with you, Ben. Most people probably don't care. But right. that is the biggest crux of all of this. And that was one of the biggest selling points or non selling points of the PSVR 2 for me was that it's just, it's too much, you know? Yeah. I'm just going to buy a quest. I, <laughs> you know, I yeah, don't know. I don't. I don't know if like that's I mean, maybe they're OK with that. They're not going for the budget market like, you know, when not. I mean, gaming is a an expensive hobby, no doubt. And anybody who who is a gamer is got at least a little extra money. Right. Maybe not a lot. Maybe sure. You got to save up for it, whatever. But like you're not living necessarily um, worrying about your next meal. So like there's already a market they know that can afford or can't afford. And they have I'm sure they have data and analytics on what their market can afford and is willing to eat. So it may be an issue. I think the bigger issue is that for me, I'm again, not interested in a device that's going to stream from my PS five. If you even gave me a device that was just purely streaming, it's like you're saying with the price, I, I, I think I understand that more. But a device like part of why game pass is growing right now is because people who don't have a device to play games on, are using the cloud streaming tech yeah and they don't even they don't even own an xbox or a pc or anything like it and but they're playing games on their phone and i will say that this device were it not remote play would be more appealing to me than the backbone and using a phone because like there's nothing worse than like trying to do something on your phone and you're getting notifications or something and i know you can turn them off whatever but who does that but i don't want to drain the battery on my phone that if I'm probably if I'm traveling, that's when I want to play games on a handheld. Right. And if I'm traveling, I also don't want to run the battery down on my phone. So I don't know. I, I would I would still pick a handheld over that, but not when it has to remote play. If you gave me a streaming service and it was a reasonable price, I could definitely see it. But yeah, it's just too many catches for me. Yeah. And again, this is all rumor, but it seems pretty pretty reliable source. I mean, it's pretty yeah. reliable sources. And I just don't understand be the case. why it has to be. Is maybe if it's running off of remote play, is this a truly stupid device? Is it going to be 150 bucks? I doubt it. Well, that's what because I'm you're saying. Have a like, nice screen on it. Like, like that, yeah. that would be the draw. Either you can stream fully off of it, which doesn't seem like that seems to be the rumor, or right. it really is just a way to stream your shit and it's more affordable. Like, I feel like that's the only way to reasonably sell this product, but we'll see, man. Sony, interesting choices sometimes from that company. I would imagine old gym. remote play. Yeah, I would imagine remote play is less resource intensive than cloud streaming if i had to guess because it's running off a machine that's only being used by one person yeah. rather than running off hardware in a warehouse somewhere on a bunch of servers yeah i don't know though i could be totally wrong it's so strange man it's so strange yeah. well speaking of strange i don't know that that's just the segue i came up with 
Uh, God of War Ragnarok's new game plus is available now. I don't want to talk a lot about this, but uh, a lot of people were asking where Ragnarok's new game plus, and it is back. They got new equipment, increased level cap, new enchantments. All this and more is introduced with God of War Ragnarok's new game plus mode. As soon as you've beaten the game, you'll be able to dive right into a new game plus save to experience the story again with many more gameplay options available from the start. Your equipment, weapons, uh, including, well, I won't mention what it is in case people haven't gotten it or haven't played it and skills will carry over from your previous save. So you'll be able to use your entire arsenal from beginning from the beginning of your journey. Uh, please note, you will not start the game with access to Sonic and hex arrows. I assume that's because those are story locked, but I, although so is the other thing I did mention it's story locked too. So I don't know new armor, a couple new things of armor that everybody will get uh, a new shield, new appearances, a new level cap, some new enchantments, new progression paths, uh, new stat gains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of new stuff here. Dave, I know you didn't play God of War, but Brandon, are you going to jump back in and check out New Game Plus? No, no, not at all. Um, I really enjoyed this game, and I think that this is something I would be happy that when I do inevitably replay this at some point, I'm glad it's going to be in. But um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I... I had fun with it, but I got so much other shit I want to play. I don't really want to go back and spend yeah. a bunch of time playing something again. I just played. Um, I don't know. I was really motivated to go back for the first God of War, but I think it being so similar in a lot of ways to the first one, I feel way less motivated to replay it. But yeah. I guess this is good. You know, people will jump. I'm sure people have already jumped back on it as soon as it came out, but um, sure. definitely not me. Um, are you thinking about dipping back in? Cause I'm good. I'll wait, you know, next year I might dip in at some point, maybe in a year or yeah, two. If there, was, but... if there was DLC or something then I would definitely hop in to play the DLC and then maybe, you know, try the new game plus, but it's been so soon, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like it's soon, but at the same time, like people, like if it were available when the game came out and we played it and beat it, I would, I maybe would have done it, especially because like, I think I was pretty close to the platinum, but I wasn't going to go start a new game and right. play it. But if there was a new game plus and I could just go back to some of those early areas and breeze through them. True. Then maybe. But yeah. Dave, I know you still haven't played Ragnarok. Is it still on your list? Are you still thinking about it? Yeah, it's it's on my list. I'm actually watching <clears throat> streamer glad um, play the uh, new game plus right now. I have some thoughts about new game plus that I kind of want to share towards the end of the show. When okay. we're talking about what we've been playing, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm curious about the timing of this. Like, isn't an opportunity to get more people into your game after, like, you know, three, four months after launch by launching New Game Plus, like, delayed like this? Or is it kind of like, as you said, Ben, like, if this had been in there at launch, I may have doubled up on finishing the campaign twice. So I don't know. I can't, I can't tell the strategy here. I'm sure Sony and uh, Sony Santa Monica have some data to tell them that it's you know it's you you generate more sales if you kind of delay new content launching like three four months after the launch of the actual game but yeah i don't know it's it's an interesting approach to take for sure but i think part of it may be and this is purely speculation on my part because i've this has happened to me before but sometimes the game comes out and you're not necessarily interested in the moment but then it's out for a while and all of a sudden you see people on your friends list playing it and you get reinterested. And so I wonder if like either one, this wasn't ready to go at launch 
which seems to be likely because almost no game comes out with new game plus. I don't, I don't know what all is involved with that, but apparently there's something and, or secondly, they just know that giving a game, a little resurgence of people playing it and it showing up on friends, times timelines and people putting out new videos about it is going to push them some more sales. Additionally. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be watching it on Twitch right now if it didn't um, come up with some free content. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I guess it's worked for me. It's got me thinking about the. I care. I don't care about New Game Plus, but I, right. I'm now thinking about playing the game again because I. And here we are talking it. about it. Exactly. There you go. You're welcome, Sony Santa Monica. <laughs> yeah, we'll take check that. Yeah, yeah. it's in the mail. <laughs> uh, I'm not really doing these in any particular order. This is just the next one on my list of saved things here. Uh, coming soon to Game Pass yesterday, uh, Loop Hero came out for console and PC. Dave, I think you reviewed Loop Hero, did you not? I did. Tell interesting game. I Very interesting it. game. It's yeah. like a, like an old school 2D, I don't want to say sprite based, but it's pretty close to that. Um, like rogue like game where you you have this like path it's just like a 2D loop on the screen and you have to like augment the path in different ways to kind of survive as long as you can um, yeah it was this, it was simple yet complex um, interesting fun little addicting game if you're into um, you know 2D indie games and, and, and you like a bit of strategy then yeah it's worth checking out on Game Pass I think yeah, I played a little bit of this. I think, did we do a, a video? Maybe I did capture for it or something. So I think I played enough to do that, maybe. Uh, and I liked it, but there was just other stuff, I think, at the time. So definitely worth checking out if you have Game Pass. Why not? Iron Brigade, which uh, is a tower defense shooter, is coming out on the 6th for Cloud and Console. Ghostwire Tokyo. Brandon, you and I both checked this one out. Yeah. You fell off of it, though, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I I don't know what it was about it. I just found it found it incredibly boring uh, in so many ways. The world was just uh, large and meaningless, and the combat was the only thing it had going for it. The art style, I take it back. The art style was fantastic, and like visually, everything screamed I should be interested in it. But I think it's a suitable game, and most people will um, definitely enjoy it. But for some reason, it just wasn't too fun for me. I don't know why. So that's uh, Tango yeah. Gameworks, makers mm -hmm. of Hi-Fi Rush, Brandon. There really? You go. I didn't know that. Okay. I really liked Ghostwire Tokyo, and I finished it, and then I went for the Platinum, and I think I spent like another 30 hours in it after I beat the game, and by that point, I was tired of it. But the actual game itself, I loved. I, I remember I really you remarking that the sheer amount of busy work, even just for an open-world game, was uh, offensive especially if you're trying to complete it. I remember you saying. Yeah, yeah, it was. And of course, I mean, that's not, you don't have to do that at all. Like, I'm sure you could have beat the game in less time than I did. And certainly you don't have to go for the, you know, all the achievements and trophies or whatever. But there's a new update coming out for it called Spider's Thread. I, I read what that was and I've already forgotten. But either way, it's going to be on Game Pass. And I don't know. I think it's a really good game. I just think you shouldn't spend too much time on it like I did if you're not okay with just mindlessly grinding. Although I was playing this game and when I was doing all the grinding at the end, I was also listening to an audiobook. Uh, and it was about a like dark magician. And for whatever reason, the spookiness just like kind of coalesced and it did make it kind of zen like, but at the same time, I was really tired of it by the time I finished it up. 
NHL 23 is coming to uh, EA Play and then coming to a console. Minecraft Legends, available day one on Game Pass. I'm thinking about checking out Minecraft Legends, but at the same time, I don't know if I care. Uh, Goat Simulator is coming back to Game Pass. It was on there a few years ago, and of course, I just played that and uh, made the children laugh a lot and ran into things with a goat. And then a bunch of different DLC, uh, some perks. You can uh, you can finally check out Peacock Premium for a couple months for free with your Game Pass Ultimate perks. I know that's something everybody's been dying to do. And then leaving April 15th, Life is Strange, True Colors. Thank God. Yes, I'm tired of seeing that on my, thank you. On my list. Oh, you know? my God. I, I, every, uh, every Moonglow time. Bay, which I've never heard of. Panzer Corps 2. Panzer, Panzer Corps 2. Rainbow Six Extraction, interestingly. Dungeon of Nihilbuck which uh, Brandon and Dave, I think, checked out at PAX. Uh, the Rift Breaker and The Long Dark. The Long Dark is one of those games that, as I've been on my survival game kick, keeps popping up, and I'm like, I should check it out. And then I realized it was on Game Pass, and then I realized it was leaving in 10 days. So I don't know if I'm going to get to it and try to like rush through it or just wait. We'll see. We'll see. Anything else there that you guys are thinking about checking out? I didn't know the Rift Breaker actually released. That was the first game I ever covered at PAX. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, cool I'm game. Remember what game that is? It's like uh, it's it looks like an RTS, oh, but it yeah. isn't. It's I guess it's more tower defense, but you control like this big robot. It was actually really cool. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if it's leaving and you want to check out something like that, I I could probably recommend it. Well, yeah, you've got ten days, Dave, if you want to check it out on Game Pass. Why not? Okay. Next up, uh, Devolver Digital has acquired Doinksoft. This is really cool to me because I love Devolver and I like their games. And of course, Doinksoft is, um, well, they're a good studio. Uh, But Devolver tweets, today is a historic moment. We're excited to announce that the world-renowned franchises and talented people at Doinksoft will be joining Team Devolver. Uh, They made Gumbrella, Gato Roboto, Demon Throttle, and a couple other games as well. yeah, it's really cool to see and like I don't, I don't want to say indie publisher, but you know, a smaller publisher actually buying the studios, they're publishing their games, which, you know, just tells me that they're seeing obviously a lot of um good things in those studios for sure. Dave, reaction. Yeah, okay. So Gato Roboto, Gunbrella, like Devolver already, they, they were the publisher on these games. Right. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm familiar with these games and I assume they were already from a Devolver owned studio. So, yeah, perfect fit and good for Devolver. Um, I love seeing them do good things and do interesting things and do um, sort of disruptor kind of things in the industry um, because, you know, it's, it's, their games are always interesting and fun and, and different. So um, good to see them supporting uh, some homegrown talent. Yeah. Gunbrella looks really good. It's coming out uh, later this year, I think sometime this year it's coming out. And it looks, I mean, like all Devolver games, honestly, I, there's only been a couple Devolver games I wasn't interested in or I did I that I didn't wasn't interested in. But every one of them I've played, I've enjoyed. But sometimes you just see a game, you know, it's not for you and that's OK. But all their games are quality. They have good eyes over there for sure uh, at Devolver. Brandon doing soft. What a name. Yeah, no, I was just going to pretty much echo what you guys said. I'm always rooting for Devolver uh, and the fact that they could pick up a studio that they've worked with before. It just seems like a good fit. Um, 
the more the merrier, to be honest with you. I just seem to rather enjoy, like you said, most of the things they put out. So always eager to see more from them. Hey, hey, Brandon, do you want to know what uh, Gunbrella is about? Dude, a gun umbrella. Yeah, <laughs> literally. It's it's like Shovel Knight, where it's like uh, a knight with a shovel. This is a guy who has an umbrella that's also a gun. I'm going to have to peep that for sure. It's kind of deep. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of deep if you think about it. <laughs> I'm actually playing, a, I'll talk about it later. I'm actually playing a Devolver published game right now. Oh, Ooh. nice. Okay. Guys, Diablo 4 beta, 62 million hours played. Damn. The largest beta in Diablo franchise history. Of course, the game comes out in a couple months here, or uh, to make Brandon sad, it comes out in about six years. <laughs> um, I know that was, that was something for you. It says here, total hours played, 61 million. Total player deaths, 46 million. Players butchered, 1.7 million. Uh, beta wolf packs earned, 2.6 million. That means only 2.6 only. Uh, only 2.6 billion people put in 20 hours, or got a character to level 20. Out of how uh, many? Which... Uh, out of 61 million jesus christ but i mean there were five classes you could play total in that beta so yeah i mean you just have to get, I mean, one I get one it though. if you want to check them all out total monsters killed 29 billion lots that's some lots crazy the most played classes sorcerer and necromancer unsurprisingly Ooh. yeah i was gonna say those are two of the some of the most interesting sorcerer always gets love man no matter what they're just yeah. always good they're just solid even for new players I wish I would have tried the Necromancer, but I'm saving it for the launch. I think that's probably going to be my yeah. first class. Yeah. I always, in Diablo games and most games, go uh, Barbarian first. Dude, the bar. Because I'm a simple, smooth brain. Dude, no. But essential is what I call you. I'll tell you what. There was a part in the beta where I guess I picked up some perk, and it didn't matter. It, either it was a perk or it was a bug, but if it was a perk, I didn't notice that I equipped it. That no matter how much damage I was taking unless it was like a boss wave or something no matter how much damage i was taking i was just immediately recovering the health <laughs> and basically not taking much damage i don't know if i just leveled up the right stat or what but i was just like mowing people down with no regard for my health and then you know once you actually got to like a, a, a boss or a mini boss it was a little different but it was wild damn that's why the barbarians op a true barb indeed the murder of sonic the hedgehog is now live on Steam. Finally. This came out on, I guess it, te <laughs> it technically came out on March 31st, I think, because I think they didn't want to put it out on April 1st and make it an April Fool's joke. But basically, Sonic the Hedgehog is murdered. And this is a mystery game about Sonic. Guys, did you see this? Did you check it out? Yeah. I, I downloaded it, but I didn't uh, I didn't check it out. I didn't check it out. I saw the announcement. I legitimately thought this was a really intricate troll, like the entire yeah. time. For, I was like, there's no fucking way. And then I started looking into it. And lo and behold, this is kind of strange. It's kind of cool, though, that, yeah. that they would do something like this. But um, definitely not traditional Sonic by any means, um, but pretty cool to see it in a new way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now Sonic's dead too. That's canon. So, yeah, and I mean, I'm not upset about it. No, I mean, I actually cheered it at the beginning. I don't know if you remember when you started talking. Um, oh, but <laughs> <laughs> Dave, are you gonna check it out? Are you gonna check out the murder? I think of Sonic? I think I have to. This is, you know, I just kind of 
pumped uh, Devolver's tires for for doing so much different and cool and disruptor kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I think um, this is not what you'd expect to see from uh, the Sonic uh, thing. I, I assume it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but um, yeah, this is funny. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pull up Steam so I can look at it because I hadn't heard about it before you brought it up. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> at the beginning of the show, and honestly, like I, my guard is so high when it comes to anything close to April 1st because I've been fooled yeah. before mm-hmm. that I just would have assumed this was a joke, an absolute joke. But it's 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 pretty funny to hear that it's a real well, thing. <laughs> here's the description of the game because I think it adds a little color to it. It's Amy Rose's birthday, and she's hosting a murder mystery party on the Mirage Express. When Sonic the Hedgehog becomes a game's victim, everyone is off to get to the bottom of things. However, something feels a bit off. Is this really an innocent game, or is something more sinister afoot? Join the colorful cast of Sonic the Hedgehog series in an exciting new adventure. And then down below it says, canon or headcanon? You know what they say, everything is canon. And then there's an asterisk, and it says, this is not a Sonic Team title, but we strongly believe in the power of headcanon. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, it, it's a murder mystery game. Sonic is not actually dead. At least th- that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like he's part of it, but that's enough talk about Sonic. Is I this think, licensed? Honestly. It has no, to be, Sega, right? It's developed. I mean, Sega paid somebody to develop it and then they published it. That's crazy, man. That's actually kind of cool. And it is overwhelmingly positive with 10,936 reviews on Steam. Damn. It's a visual novel. Yeah, I was going to say, or it's point and click. It's like a point and click, so I probably won't yeah. play it. But I, props to them for doing something cool. Uh, yeah. I, I would love to see, even if it's not canon, other IP uh, like this. You know, you can have fun things surrounding your IP that don't necessarily always have to completely mesh with the story. I think that's kind of fun. So, I think it's worth noting that this... Um, this game comes only a couple days after Chris Chan was released from prison. I know. Um, coincidence? So, I, mean, I think coincidence? not. I think not. No, definitely not. Inside conspiracy going on right now. That's why Sonic's <laughs> dead, dude. That's yeah. the game. Chris Chan murdered Sonic. In he the actually, Chris Chan actually organized everyone to do a mystery so that he could murder them all. <laughs> There's somebody out there who's like, what the hell are they talking about? Christian. <laughs> I'm sorry if you Google it. Yeah. Arc 2 has been delayed until the end of 2024. Oh, Arc Survival uh, Ascended is coming out. It's a remaster coming to PC, PS5, and Xbox Series this August. The website says, Hey there, survivors. We're ready to reveal Arc's roadmap for the next year, covering various game-related initiatives, new platforms, and media. The community support continues to be incredibly humbling and inspiring for the team, and that enthusiasm helps drive us toward creating the ultimate survival franchise. What we've planned has changed due to many shifting factors, but we believe it will ultimately provide the most fun and excitement for everyone who enjoys Arc. For once, I just want a developer to be like, what we've planned has changed due to many shifting factors, and we're sure everyone's going to be disappointed about it. Just once. Dude, Wildcard is full of shit. Time. It's Vin Diesel's fault. <laughs> so anyway, Arc 2 is not coming out until next year. And they're bringing out Arc Survival Ascended, which is going to be a next generation remaster of Arc. Apparently, they're going to be using Unreal Engine 5. What? Which is shocking. That's crazy. That they're going to be able to put dude. this game on Unreal 5. Uh, it's very janky, as Brandon and I have talked it's about in the past. So it's so fucking janky. So- it's supposed to come out by the end of August this year. Is that why they're delaying and this shit? Because they're doing a remaster? Well, I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, they talk about somewhere here. I read this before and I can't find it now immediately. 
but they talk about the fact that they are using data from the remaster to help develop the new game. And I'm like, what? the new game is really still coming out next year if you're using data from a game that's not released yet to help hone it. Seems a little iffy to me. Uh, but they are coming out with a new story for Survival Ascended as well. There will be DLC in Q4. And I don't know, Brandon, as as the uh, the arc evangelist, I suppose, <laughs> in a way, I'm not elaborate pr- on your thoughts. I'm not proud. I do enjoy the game overall. <laughs> um, it has many, many downfalls. It has some of the most interesting things that I've ever done in gaming and also some of the worst at the same time i don't know how that's possible um mm-hmm. i'm not very enthusiastic about them coming out with this because they've done little to nothing to improve the old one and i highly doubt this has been the plan from the beginning i think there's been years of negligence and then they decided that it was time to cash in on some old shit and then started to rebuild that's genuinely how i think the events unfolded just based on how long it's been um as someone who enjoys the game period, I probably will end up checking this out. I pray to Vin Diesel that this is a, 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 a good <laughs> a good port. Um, but I have my doubts just based on how... I mean, we've recently played it. I remember yeah. it being janky when I played it on PS4. Obviously, it was on running on old hardware. But like, I was just willing to accept some stuff. But after playing it on my 3080, I'm like, this is still just bad. Like, it's just seems like gross negligence in so many ways. And so I hope either Unreal Engine 5 can miraculously save them. Maybe the tools will be much easier to work with. I know they're much easier to work with. They have to be than what they used before. Um, right. We hear obviously super good things. We see amazing things out of Unreal Engine 5, the visuals. Um, so I'm hoping this means good things because this game can really shine. But the studio involved really makes me question how good this will possibly be. Part of me really just assumes this is a cash grab. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Dave, your thoughts on uh, on not only ARC 2 being delayed, thanks to Vin Diesel, apparently, uh, but also about the remaster. Yeah, it is an odd series of, of events, that's for sure. But um, as we know, in this day and age, you can just slap the uh, early access title on it and um all is well it can be as janky as you want um and and we'll just have to forgive it so i don't know are these survival games are they just have we just accepted that a lot of them are going to be super janky and that's just that's just part of this genre um you know you've got yeah it's it's yeah. weird it I does mean, seem... you guys talk a lot about the sons of the forest yeah. and there's another game that's sort of in that survival genre and it's also is Part of its character seems to be that it's janky. (laughs) A little bit. Here's the thing about early access stuff and survival games in general. They're not all created equal. Like I have played early access games that are absolute dog shit. And I've played other ones that I was like, this feels like it's almost like it could have been a 1.0. And there's just a few little bugs are working out. So I think putting a game in early access, the, the quality of it depends drastically from developer, developer, publisher, to publisher. So yeah, I agree, Dave. There is a little bit of that. And I saw a trailer for another game recently. I think I wishlisted it because I just wanted to keep an eye on it. I can't remember the name of it right now and I can't find it immediately. Let me uh, wait here. Hold, hold on. Outbreak Island. And 
I saw the uh, it's an open world survival crafting game, you know, like kind of what I'm into right now for some reason. And the first comment on the YouTube video for the trailer on IGN's upload was something like, uh, so this is exactly like every other early access survival game that's out. You know, basically like it is starting to become a trend. You're right that all these early access games are coming out and they're a little bit janky. And there's all specifically seem to be in this early access kind of thing. But there's another part of me that's like, well, they're a little bit um, like the building in Sons of the Forest is probably some of the most in-depth building I've ever seen in an open world game or survival game of any kind. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Brandon, but it's just like I understand a little more why it is as janky as it is, because it seems to be more intricate at the same time. Right. That's, that's an excuse. No, just an explanation. I agree with you. There, there definitely is like, I see it from both sides, but even games that aren't early access, like games like rust, like that game is out and has been out and is to my knowledge, not changing very much, but it's still janky. Just that's the way it is. Like, I feel like it sort of is in some weird way, kind of genre defining at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just a limitation of, you know, the creativity of developers and the tools that they have at their disposal, or if that is laziness, I don't know, but um, some things add character, but I will agree with Ben, not all are created equal. Um, And that's, you know, completely apparent when we play things like Sons of the Forest, who are, is charming in many ways. And then we go and play things like Ark that very much obviously are old, but, very much show that they have been like fundamentally broken for years in a lot of ways. So, yeah. And, and fascinating, like completely non-feature yeah. heavy as well. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's all I have here for the news. Did I miss anything? I'm not, oh, I thought I had one more thing, but I can't find it. So we'll move on. Uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Dave, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah. I um I I got another platinum this oh, week. Damn, yeah. dude. Oh. Two two platinums in two weeks. Miles Morales. Miles Morales. You oh, got it. dude, excellent. You, you got that right, ass man. That, yeah, it was um <laughs> That's a fun plat. So I just to clarify, I finished the uh campaign. Um I bought it like last November, played the campaign six, eight hours maybe. Um, and I got the, uh, the platinum bug. So I decided to go back and, and, and polish that off. And yeah, I mean, everybody has played Spider-Man. Uh, a lot of people have played Miles Morales. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed the cleanup phase of this platinum where it's like, I'm done the campaign. I just need to go and clear the map. And like, it's so much fun just doing stuff in, in Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, it never gets old and your abilities are so cool and everything is so cinematic. And, um, something I've learned about this whole platinum thing is like one of the things that can really help a platinum or the experience of getting a platinum is, is, is everything tracked in game? Cause it's, mm. it seems like an obvious thing, but, um, it isn't always the case. And miles Morales makes it so easy. Like everything is tracked for you. Just go in the menu and somewhere it's showing you like how many, um, you know, bonus objectives in crimes you need to achieve to, to get this trophy and stuff. So, yeah, it felt really good. Um, playing the game on New Game Plus uh, was an absolute drag, um, mm. I will say. 
Um, yes, it was kind of cool playing with all of my abilities from the very start. Um, the campaign in Miles Morales is cool. The set pieces are cool. Um, but going through it again a second time just to get like that last couple, tro- the last couple trophies I needed for the platinum was just, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's only a couple hours. Like when you skip cutscenes and stuff, like it's, it doesn't take long at all. Um, you can also turn the difficulty down, which I did to the easiest cause I just wanted to get it done, but it was still just like, there are still a lot of unskippable cutscenes, and I've seen this all before. I've heard it all before. Right. So it kind of goes back to like, you know, this God of War new game plus thing. Like, I don't know if I'd ever be a new game plus person. Cause like, I, I just don't see the draw of, of playing through something for multiple hours and you've already experienced all of it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. And I, I really don't think I'd platinum a game again that required a second playthrough Cause it's just, I don't know. It's really boring, but in any case, um, that platinum's done. I think all in it was twenty hours, um, and yeah, so um, done that. Uh, and the only other thing I've been playing is um, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. Okay. Um, that museum map is back in the game. Um, the yeah. one from the beta that was removed. I did not know that, uh, but I was playing yesterday and. And uh, yeah, it's back in. I really like that map, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing new to say about Call of Duty. Except if you're if you suck at Call of Duty, um, I strongly suggest plugging uh, some some Cat Five cable into the back of your PlayStation Five because surprisingly makes a difference. Oh yeah, um, yeah. you know you, that that ping. You know, people people. You, you, it's you're probably still bad at Call of Duty, but it's it's possible that you aren't as bad as you think. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Bando. Uh, played a couple things this past week. Um, beat Atomic Heart, finally. Okay. So that was good. Um, final thoughts on Atomic Heart. I was pretty strong going into it and I, and I would say overall, I'm still pretty strong on the game in general. Um, by the end, I will say in hindsight, this game is like the most average and i don't mean this in a bad way but like the biggest like 75 i've ever played like it is perfectly a 75 i think that it being in the low 70s is a little less generous than it should have been because there are a lot of really awesome things about it like the set pieces and the art are like 80s i think some of the things conceptually in this game are amazing but there are some huge things that affect a lot of the game that really are strange. Um, the end was kind of strange. <laughs> I think that that kind of like set the tone for the very end of my game for me, obviously. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed the time I had with it. I'm really glad I got it on Game Pass. Um, probably won't play it again um, and don't see myself going back to it to try and clear some things out. But uh, definitely would recommend it for most people. If it hasn't caught you within the first three hours or so, you probably won't like it. Um, but overall, really, really cool. I'm interested in Munfish in general now, um, just simply because they clearly are an ambitious studio. I feel like that's probably some of the downfall of this game in general was how ambitious it was. And I feel like a lot of smaller developers often get so ambitious that some things have to end up lacking. Um, just mm. period. Like, 
it just happens. You only have so many resources. You're not funded by AAA, you know, big studios. You don't have Sony or Microsoft money. So that's just inevitable. Um, but overall, really, really awesome. I'm excited for you to try it at some point, Ben. Um, yeah. But... Kind of, it's worth. Mon- Monfish did have some Microsoft money with the Game Pass deal, but I knew what you meant. Pre-development, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, but... Uh, I don't know if I said this, but I started playing Dark Souls 3 again. I'm still kind of playing that on and off. I've really just been helping people. Like, just that's mostly what I've been doing, just kind of sherpaing people through this game. Uh, it's actually been really amazing. Just like, like I've played this so many times. I've played over 100 hours of this game. Like, it's so fun to help people out. Um, and it was really cool because I saw people that specifically have come from Elden Ring because their names like i could tell by their names one was the dung eater which is a character from elden ring um like so i know that they at least played elden ring and are now coming back to dark souls 3 which is kind of cool to see the kind of cross pollination um of the two um and uh lastly but certainly not leastly uh I'm playing Shadow Warrior 3, which is a game I've oh, always yeah. really yeah. been interested in, is the Shadow Warrior series. Um, on my PlayStation Premium, uh, whatever the top tier is, I got the second one, but either it was streaming or it was an old version of the game. I don't know. It's it's not new, and so I had really had a hard time. It felt very old, but Shadow Warrior 3 is pretty fucking lit <laughs> um it runs really really well on my xbox it's one of the newer games to come to game pass visually it looks really amazing some of the set pieces are like absolutely stunning on the series x uh this game is like doom but it's asian and it's like a very <laughs> shitty action movie like every fucking second and like almost to a fault like I don't know if it originally was in a different language or what. The cutscenes are very janky, but when you're playing, it's so fucking fun. It's like fast paced and just like very Doom. Very, very, very Doom. So if you like Doom, um, a more traditional Doom experience, kind of like clearing little rooms of enemies and moving on. Um, also with some parkour elements and some wall running puzzles type things. I'd check it out. Um, Game Pass, really, really cool. So that's really about it for me. Nice. For me, I haven't talked about Sea of Thieves in a long time. Uh, I've still continued to play at least a few hours a week, usually just streaming it uh, at least once a week. And I just wanted to say that the new season has like revitalized the game in a big way. And not not that I thought the game was suffering before, but the new season has like made the scaling different on world events and like PVE specifically. So there's many more people on the sea carrying much more loot, which is more for me to sink people and steal, which is really appealing. It also has made it uh, for me who didn't really like doing much PVE has made it less tedious. And uh, I'm not like, especially for getting commendations and stuff. I'm not as resistant to jumping in and doing them. So I'm just really enjoying the new season of Sea of Thieves. Still not playing a ton, but every time I am playing it, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, Brandon, you didn't mention we've been playing The Forest. Dude, that's true. We did. I guess we, we, we talked about it last week, but yeah, still playing The Forest. I think it was a mistake to some extent to go from Sons yeah. of the Forest back to The Forest. Absolutely. Because it's clearly not as good in some ways. In many ways. But I'm still yeah. enjoying it. It's uh, a really good survival game. 
honestly, it's like these games, I've played survival games plenty before, but these games have turned me on to trying to find more that I'll enjoy. And so I've been kind of like looking for that, op- those opportunities recently. And uh, yeah, the forest is apparently one of the best ones that ever existed. And some of the forest is much better so far, in my opinion. So I'm sure it's going to rank up there. That's been a lot of fun to see. Uh, because I was interested in like just something mindless that was also kind of survival, not survival, but building specifically, because that's the part about the survival games I really enjoy is the base building and stuff too. Uh, I downloaded a game that I keep seeing recommended to me on Game Pass called House Flipper. And Dude, basically you're just remodeling houses. Lauren loves that uh, game. So I went through that. Yeah, I, I went through that and beat the main, like the main story of it, I guess. And then just deleted it because I was done with it. But it was fun for a good, you know, six or eight hours, I guess. Is how long I, I don't know how long it was that I played it, but uh, it was over the last 10 days or so. There's a lot more you can do with it. Like you can go in and buy new houses and totally remodel them and resell them. Or you can just go in and do jobs. Uh, yeah. So it it's on Game Pass. It was worth my subscription for a couple of days for sure. And then uh, two other games. Pizza Tower is one that I actually Dustin told me he had and I should try out. It's on um, we have it on Steam Share, so I tried it out. It's uh it's a like a, a platformer that is kind of precision, not precision platformer. It's um I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's a 2D platformer, and I still haven't quite figured it out because I only played it for probably an hour or 90 minutes. Uh, it was last night. And the one thing I will say about this is usually I am okay with like, oh, well, this is supposed to be on the controller, but I'm going to play it with the keyboard. No, I couldn't do it. So I just went ahead and plugged in the controller. It was fine after like five minutes of realizing that I wasn't going to play it with that. It's really fast paced, and it seems to be kind of deeply intricate controls, and I haven't quite mastered them yet. And I think that's a very important part of the game because it's very fast paced, like I said. So I'll keep playing that a little bit, and I could definitely see how it can become uh, a lot of fun once you figure out how to do everything. Because for me, like I know how to do everything, but not always switching from one thing to the next. So that's another one. And then uh, just briefly on my. Um, very casual mobile gaming that I do sometimes on my phone. Uh, Mighty Doom came out and I only checked it out because it was Doom and I wanted to check it out. But basically it's, you know, there's, there's one control you just move around and you auto shoot and you're the Doom guy taking out enemies. I, there's a lot of upgrading in it. There's a lot of opportunities to spend extra money, which I'm not doing. And so I don't know that I'm going to stick with it because it's just very grindy needlessly but it is fun for you know an hour or two uh for me at least and i just want to mention that because it's doom related and i felt like i should mention it because you know doom i don't know how else to say that yeah that's all Doom's you need great. man yeah absolutely yeah so that's what i've been playing uh not a whole lot of hours into any one specific thing but a lot of different things this week for me and i think that's it for the show that's it i think that's all we had yeah Brandon, tell them about the Patreon. Go to handsomefandom.com slash Patreon. Uh, subscribe. Support us. We appreciate it. Uh, you also can join the Discord over at handsomefandom.com slash Discord. Come chat. See what we have to talk about. See what's going on. Tell us your favorite survival horror game. Um, 
And uh, I'm sure we'll have more to report back on Dave's lashings on the uh, the Discord as well. So always, mm-hmm. always good to know about that. We uh, might even film them, put them up there. I think somebody should. Um, yeah. But. They'll do yeah. a POV. I like those movies. <laughs> do you? I'm sure you do. You know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll catch you next week. Goodbye. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsomephantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O.